Standby film. Five, Standby music. Four, Standby now. Three, two, one. And fade out. Fish are friends, not food. Make it Centauri time. Too much iron on your blood. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Hey, what happened? Let's get pissed and watch porn. Hello, you've got a face. Are you saying there's something wrong with my gear? We're going streaky! He found me! He's doing this Superman thing. That still only counts as one! Why is the rum always gone? Alright, let's wing it. Alright, well, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of 20 Years 4 Beers. We are a podcast dedicated to rewatching movies from two decades ago while simultaneously enjoying a minimum of four modern beers my name is steve and this is my big brother tim and we are coming to you from minneapolis minnesota we have just watched and recorded our episode on old school so go check that one out and as usual we sit together afterwards and discuss another film over another beer so we refer to these as our happy hour episodes hey you guys happy hour is from four to six <laughs> in this happy hour we will be discussing 2003's surprising hit indie comedy bend it like beckham bend it like beckham is a story of two young women living in london who both wind up seeking out their dream of being professional soccer aka football <laughs> players in america each come at this from very different perspectives and while they form a strong friendship they must also deal with family problems boy issues and many other social issues along the way all to find a way to potentially make it big in the end the film is written and directed by gurinder chada and stars kira knightley parminder nagra and jonathan reese myers there are other people in it, but I went with those three because it's predominantly those three. No one or anybody else, yep. And those English cricket players threw me out of their club like a dog. I never complained. On the contrary, I vowed that I will never play again. Who suffered? Me. But I don't want Jesse to suffer. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight. And I want her to win. Because I've seen her playing, she's, she's brilliant. I don't think anybody has the right of stopping her. daughters made happy on one day. What else can your father ask for? At least I've taught her full Indian dinner. The rest is up to God. <laughs> Our first segment, as usual, is Drinking Buddies. Come on, not my f- beer! Where we present the four beers that we had, two for each of us, since we watched these separately, and then another one that we're enjoying right now, and give our expert ratings. Um... Tim, why don't you start us off with the two that you had? I enjoyed the Brewing Projects, which is a brewery out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yep. Their Resist Pina Colada, 
milkshake IPA. Is it that far ago, or was it because like they haven't had it, and then you like they haven't had it because you texted me like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I forgot how good this was." Yeah, so you had it during the episode. Yes, I did while I was watching it. It is so good. Like, yeah, it's a the best. I remember when I think on the market, it's the best, and it's the best resist they ever released. Yeah, when they released that, holy cow! Yes, we're like, oh my god, there are a few. It was that and like um. Uh, what was the, what's the one from Big Lake? The, oh, Lupulin? Lupulin, the Blissful Ignorance when yes. that came out. Like, there were a yeah. few beers in the oh, last yeah. that it was like, oh, like, yeah, you got to yeah. get this one. Yeah, the yeah. Resist Pina Colada Milkshake IPA. And Milkshake IPAs were the rage for so long. Yeah. But none could There's quite. about that Pina Colada Oh, it's so good. It's 4.75 for me. Yeah. And I saw mm-hmm. the, in the lecture, I'm like, yup. Mm. And I will definitely seek it out whenever it's been it comes a while out. they've seen it right in the liquor store yeah yeah that's why i grabbed it it was so good oh, it's so good uh and then I theme right beer Look at you. record scratch uh milk and honey cidery which is out of saint joseph minnesota they have the chaga chai spice cider which in hindu oh, Jesus. chai sure is tea so the movie takes place or has a central character who is yeah. Hindu. Sure. Thank yeah. you. It's a uh, 4.25 for me. It's one of those beer or the ciders where I, I I actually saw it at the liquor store and it was out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's the best one. So I got it. And it's like the kombucha lady's like meme where she's like, mm-hmm. no, wait. It's really good. Really? Like, yeah. Well, I haven't, yeah, because I haven't been there yet. Um, I yeah. made it up there. but No, huh. but you can get the store, and it's really good. It's one of those, like, spiced hmm. ciders that is really, really good. So check it out. But, yeah, uh, 4.25 me. I love it. What'd you have? We we, we recently re- recently rewatched um, Bad Words. So every time <laughs> I hear chai, I always think of chaiwala or whatever. Like, don't look like, at me. Yeah, well, that's a different, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, Jason Bateman would be like, chaiwala, I don't want to hear from you for the rest of the night. <laughs> So good. Or uh, you, hey, Chai Walla, why don't you go to your Chai Papa? Um, <laughs> good. Anyway. What'd you have? I had um, out of Hop Butcher C- Brewing Company out of Chicago, Illinois, their Meet the Citrus, uh, which I thought was better the first time around when I had it. And then we had it again recently. And I was yep. like, oh, it's still good. But Thank I had you. a 4 two, 5 out of 5 at the time. I'm going to stick with that rating. I think I probably would have had 4 out of 5 when we had it the second time. Yeah. But I really liked it. Um, the fully citra beer. It was, yeah. It's a great beer. Um and then I bought the other beer I bought was solely based on the name and it was out of Abomination Brewing Company from North Haven, Connecticut and it was fuck 2022 while we're at it double IPA. Um, wow. Yeah, I was like I'm buying hardcore. It. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was like yep, F 2022 while we're at it double IPA. I had a 4 out of 5. I was kind of hoping mm. it would be even better, but it was it was still totally fine. Um, but it was like an end of the year, must have been an end of the year thing. F twenty twenty two while we're at it, you know, and your dog too. Um but yeah. you expect more if it's like that type I, of like. Yeah, I kinda like that aggressive. Like, I was yeah. hoping it would be like a, a, a much more like Todd the Axeman's double and mm-hmm. things like that. But no, it was it was fine. I mean it was four out of five. It was super enjoyable, but I was like, I think I have to buy this based on the name. Because cool. I didn't want two IPAs. I was kinda hoping to go with a sour or a stout. But I was like, nope, got to do it. Or a chai cider. A chai cider that never I would buy ever. It's so good. Great. And I want to go there. So that'll be a, I mean, I never need to drive up that way except for bad habit. But there you go. There you go. And then tonight we're enjoying Wild Mind. 
Brewing out of Minneapolis. There's Space Madness, double IPA, with Nelson Sabon. Sabon. Rowana. Motoka. And Cascade Hops. Sure. This is really good to me. It's a 4.25 hmm. for me. I like the kind of hazy nature of it, and it's a good double IPA. Yeah. I have a four out of five initially just because it's like it tastes – it is good, but I'm also like this tastes a lot like some of their other IPAs and double IPAs that have been on tap. And yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like it's good, but I'm like, okay. The Rowana? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> totally. The Nelson sure. Seven really Seven? pops out. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, all right. So our uh, next segment – We'll just naturally just pivot pivot over into the social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we take a look back at the critical and fan reception from 20 years ago. As usual, Tim is nice enough to research these, so please take it away, Tim. The IMDb rating is 6.7 out of 10. And Stephen Rosen. That's really interesting to me. It's like three. It's 0.3 lower than old school. Right? Okay. All right. I know. Huh. It's a really, I know. Why would it be the idea? Anyway, yeah, interesting. Thanks, users. Yep. Uh, Stephen Rosen of the Denver Post said, Benedict Beckham elicits laughs and the kind of rousing root for the underdog enthusiasm that translates well in any culture. Yep. Owen Gleberman of Entertainment Weekly said, made with a craftsmanship that restores your appreciation for honest commercial movie making. Benedict Beckham Puts a new definition of femininity on screen, casual and cool and in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert had three and a half out of four. Big man Raj. I know, right? He said, there's an emerging genre of comedies focused on second and third generation young people breaking loose from traditional, from. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> we'll get there. From traditional parents. My big fat Greek wedding. The yep. most recent and spectacular example. Yeah. Ben like Beckham is good, not because it is blindingly original, but is flawless in executing what is, after all, a dependable formula which appeals to a wide audience. And Academy Awards nominations, uh, none, none that year. Yeah. So, oh, for yeah. two so far this year. Yep. You know, I um, it struck me the the film made like eighty million at the box office, which at the time was still pretty good. Um, but Same they made as old it school. For five. You know what I mean? And That's made, crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it was. It, no, we're not talking about the the natural comparison here is my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit, um, which made two hundred and fifty million dollars or whatever on a budget of like four. And yeah. I mean, it was like the was highest like two years film ever, ever yeah. um, at the time. So I mean, I get that, but so we're not on that same level. But it was still a surprising hit yes. for a movie that was technically released in 02 in Britain, but then it was released in 03 here, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like. It's it's a fun movie, so yep. I mean it's kind of interesting that, but that six point seven is kind of surprising to me. It's really low. It feels really low. Yes, that might be one of our lowest, probably. Right? I mean, yes. I had an argument today with somebody at lunch about uh, Spirited Away and how amazing it is, and I was like, "Yeah, except it's garbage, uh. right?" And so I'm like, "And that movie probably has like an eight point something on IMDb or something, yes. like you know." Whereas this at 6.7, and I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll watch this movie all the time. Yes. So, anyway. All right. Well, with uh, the beers and reviews out of the way, that brings us to Spotlight. They knew, and they let it happen. Our reactions segment, where we highlight and discuss our top takeaways of any kind from re-watching the film. 
Um, I guess I'll start. Yep. Um, I, because I just already talked about it. It is very much like it, I actually feel like it's a little bit more of a lower budget uh, version of my Big Factory Wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I think, but it, it's very much like my Big Factory Wedding in style, uh, bringing seemingly different cultures to um, mainstream, mm-hmm. right? Using someone else as a proxy, like my Big Factory Wedding brings the future husband into this world you know and um jess who is our sort of main character and then um jules yeah jules right um who's keira knightley's character is sort of like brought into her jess's world of her family and stuff like that so we're kind of brought along with jules here yep um and yeah it's especially as they show like the strict rules set by cultural requirements and expectations for women um, it, it's very similar in feel when it comes to that sort of like expectation, and I I I I, I say that in a loving way because we both loved yeah. my Big Factory wedding, yep. as did millions of yeah. other people, justifiably. Um, and I would put this on that, like if you if you like that movie, you should watch this movie and just go like this is this is the same kind of feel, um, but very much more low budget feel. Yes. Right. I mean, it, it, they're probably made for about the same budget, I bet, if I looked that up. But, like, this feels much more low budget and raw. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this film. But that my first takeaway is just that sort of, it's, an, it's an inarguable comparison between those two films. Yes. And I think it still can live up to that expectation. Well, the one from last year had Tom Hanks producing, so. Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. Sure. Know, all right. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm a jerk. Yeah. 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 That might help in the production of it. But yes. Yeah. So I was Hashtag definitely in, equality. <laughs> intrigued to watch this because I remember seeing it in the theater and yeah. thinking, this is a delightful movie. Yeah. And having not watched it in 20 years. So watching it again. Yeah. And I was oddly like impressed at how progressive the film was mm-hmm. for a 2003 release. So, yep. while it centers around a young generation pushing back against the constraints and expectations of their parents, I did not remember the movie having such a heavy storyline around not just kind of the cultural clash of different mm-hmm. races and such, but um, like gender norms and homosexuality, yeah, sexuality and like the perception, like yep. the time, like. Watching me like, oh my god, this is way more interesting than I thought it was at the time. Where I was like, ah, oh, romance thing. No, it's much more intriguing as far as the the main characters, the two of them with their gender identity, and it was nice to see that. Yeah, as a kind of 2003 release, so mm-hmm. I was shocked in many ways of watching it back and be like, wow, they were ahead of the curve in many ways with this so mm-hmm. i i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm so happy we watched it but yeah, yeah it was a surprising thing for me yeah i what i appreciate is there were all these rumors about the original script had the had the two main characters getting together and this kind of stuff and oh. and, that, and that just actually wasn't the case it was it, never it wouldn't have worked that way right not it wasn't to say like supposed it's not to be this sapphic like whatever <laughs> I'm saying, nice. Yeah, it it wasn't meant to be that way. That's not what this is. It's literally a like. This is a this is a female dominated story of of two women who are friends and who, but but what I loved about it, like talking taking what you're talking about, is 
society would have looked at them and said, these two are lesbians and they're not allowed to do this. Yes. And that's what Jules's mother does, right? It's yes. the inherent yes. assumption that they are actually together. And then in Jess's world, other people see them together and they just assume that they're together. Like yes. There's this weird, like, and how they respond to it. So it, it is, it's very progressive, I guess. Yes. And I know we're not allowed to say that word in Minnesota, but like, it, it is oh, no, like, we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Liberal? Oh no! In Minneapolis, we are. Preferred. Yes, right. yes, yes. Excuse me, but it is very. It's it is ahead of its time, and um, there's a lot of movies that came out in that sort of mid '90s to early 2000s that that had that. Yes, and this was not aggressively. I mean, it's very clearly pro. Um, sexuality in in a in a yes. very advanced way, but not. It's not in our face. The no. only thing that we hear is um, Jess's friend who actually comes out as gay. Yes. Like that's, that's, that's a great story. It's a great yes. little scene. And um, so I, I, that's, I think for me is, is what I really liked about it is it's, it's so advanced in the sense of it's none of those stories are a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so they don't make it into these two. These are yep. just two friends who are navigating the world, either having a crush on the same boy or, yep. you know, it, it, it's, and having to deal with parents who assume because they're in a butch sport. Like, yes. It, well, it really big, is ahead of its game. It's a big deal for the parents, the, yeah. like the generational thing. But the, you know, late teens at the time, yeah. it was not a big deal. No. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, yeah, you're gay. We can figure it out. Like, no big deal. So, it, I did not remember that at the time. Yeah. And so, yes, it's a funny kind of microcosm of the time thinking through – the parents having a big deal. I mean, we had that well, thing with like our parents talking about like, well, our uncle, you know, like we're like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. So it's a generational conversation. Yeah. That's really interesting to see in hindsight that I totally forgot mm -hmm. about where they're just having a, they're just playing a sport that might be stereotypically that way. And right. the parents are like freaking out. Like kids are like, what are you talking about? We well, don't it's care. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Right. Yeah. It's like our kids aren't going to give two shits yeah, about they don't this give stuff it. Yeah, down exactly. the road. Like, right? it, like you've exactly. Up I mean, this? it's yeah. all generational. But yes. I, I always find it funny, like, in all these movies, it's always the mom <laughs> who is this. <laughs> it and, is. And in, in Big Fat Creek Wedding, too. Yes. It's always the mom who is like this over-the-top, crazy controlling, like, whatever. And then the dad swoops in to, like, yes! save the day in the end. Absolutely. I know. I mean, so it's, I mean, it's obviously, like, real life. I mean, we are. Yes. Yeah. It the, is, dads yeah the dads are the coolest are the cool aspect. Yep. Yep. And most accepting yes. when it comes to their daughters. Yes. Right? But anytime it's a man, it's the other way around. It's so funny. Like, there are these tropes in these films. And every time. So, anytime it's a woman who's this, the mom is this absurd. And so, both moms are these absurd, controlling B-words. Yes. Like, it's so funny to watch. And then the dads sort of like come in and like, yes, dear, yes, dear. And then right at the last minute, Elf the dads like come in and, and they save the day. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it in a reality standpoint. I think it is sort of this like, it's so, that's just not based in reality. Like, I mean, that is no. where it's like, really? Like we have this every damn time. But I'm a sucker for those. So, yes, well, yeah, in this we're like, dad, right? yes. Of the dad of a daughter, and you have a controlling B of a wife. Hold but, on yeah. one second. Yeah, that's weird. Whoa, whoa, never gonna whoa. Look, She's never gonna yes. listen to it anyway, yes. so it's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, earmuffs. Well, she, <laughs> earmuffs. Yes, earmuffs. earmuffs. Yeah, exactly. Earmuffs, yeah, but no, I, I, I'm a sucker for oh, a God. movies where yes, the two main characters' fathers are 
you know, for Jules, her dad's like, yeah, soccer's awesome or football. Like she should love it. Get out of the way. And then for yeah, he's encouraging her. Yes. Yeah. I forget the main one character. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Jess. Yes, Jess. Thank you. Um, her dad, I love it where he comes to see her playing and sees how good she is. Yeah. And then is kind of that protective barrier in many ways for yeah. her side of the story with her family and the dynamics. So yeah, I'm absolutely a sucker. For any movie like this where the the, yeah. the dad is kind of that, like, like rallying cry around it. So Well, I mean, you know, I joke about it, but the reality is in film history, typically the, the father is the one who is more quick to judge and um, kick somebody out of the house. Yes. For their sexuality. Yes. Like, it's almost always the father who's yes. like, nope, not in my house. Yeah. We don't do this. Yes. And so, I mean, there is a, a bit of a refreshing side of that. Yeah. But both moms are a bit stereotypical. They and that's are. sort of like, they uh, okay. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, And, again, I know very little. I do know some, but I know very little about the, say, Indian culture. Yes. And I get that that's probably part of it. But it's just like, so I guess probably more Jules's mom felt very forced. It like did. The, in his, whereas Jess's mom felt very sort of like real. Much part more, of that is much more authentic. A, yes. a writing standpoint, right? Yes. I mean, the writer director is of Indian descent. And, yes. Uh, you know, and so she probably has more of a personal feel to that. Yes. And so whereas like Jules's mom was like, okay, I mean, you, we know where this is going. Can we just get to the acceptance part? But what's great about it is that the main characters aren't gay. Right. It's all the, the misperceptions right? of the yeah. parents that come into this and think about how they would react to it. And that's what I think is makes it a really interesting For sure. thing where right. it's not it's a really story well of the movie. main yeah. characters doing this. It's like the generational differences and yep. thinking, oh, no, you misunderstood what was happening. Yeah, this is on you. Yes, in these right. situations. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I do like that. Um, can I say I was really surprised yeah. – I will say, sorry, I will say, I was really surprised the number of musical montages used to keep this movie afloat. Like, I stopped counting at eight. I know, it's like a real Indian film, I truly stopped counting at eight. Well, one, most stereotypes of the Indian movies have like a wedding involved, so fine. Yeah, I love actually the story behind that wedding, but we can get to that, but yeah. There were like eight montages before I stopped counting, and I'm all about the good Oh, we have all a, love a, a good montage. Rock, yeah. Rocky but does. it was fascinating watching me like they are moving this along yeah. and capturing tons of kind of exposition that we like condensed in the tight window with at least a dozen montages <laughs> of musical things moving on. So yeah, kudos to them. Which I think whichever Spice Girl wrote that song of Independence Day or whatever, that this is is it Mel B or whatever. Yeah. Um she did rewrite it for this movie to like fit a little bit better, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, like there is some of like uh, they they knew like you're gonna come in at five million dollars. You got to do your best to yes tap into how, whatever you can, right? Yep. And this is all obviously previous pre social media and things like that. Yep. Um, which will be interesting if we keep going on this and we end up in a social media area, like just to see the social difference network. of right, yeah, social network. Um. <laughs> Similar to that, but just like, I, I look, we all love Ted Lasso, right? We all love it. Yes! It's amazing. But one thing I love about this, and similar I love about Ted Lasso is, boy, it is not about the soccer. Because if you watch the actual soccer slash football in this, you're like, 
you know, an eighth grade boys team would beat these people. Like yeah. this is garbage. Yes. Footage. Yes. I love like it's, and I think that's why I like it is because it's, it proves that it's not about that. They didn't yes. seek out some, although actually quite a lot of these women are actual, were actual professional slash, um, um, soccer players. Uh, yeah. But, but like, um, British, uh, national soccer players. Sure. Um, so I mean, they had accuracy in terms of the people they were using, but boy, the footage is just garbage. Yeah. And then it is similar with Ted Lasso. You're yes. just like, nope, this is this, whatever soccer it's scene is happening right end. now yes. is like, let's just move on here. Yeah. These are actors doing a thing. Yes. Um, well, I, I actually think about that. But point. I, I like it. It's, it's meant to be secondary. The point is the story is what's important. Yes. So all of these sports scenes are supposed to be secondary and that's why yes and the irony is this is the highest grossing soccer film of all time so well and i think about watching it now 20 years after when it came out but having seen ted lasso and then a great show welcome to wrexham Mm -hmm. it Mm. actually helps retroactively inform a movie like this yeah because i think um, i guess i'm not lived in it like americans maybe that love soccer but I couldn't like it's it's I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah, but to the level of like yeah, the obsessive I mean, not, like right. yeah, kind of c- culture. So, I remember watching it originally thinking, yeah, it's a fun movie, but having no idea about the mechanics and kind of the competitive aspect to it of like yeah. how it actually yeah. works from a like yeah. a sporting thing. And watching it now after having seen those two shows. Yeah. It made me appreciate the movie more, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, now I see, especially like, Wrexham, how, like the ties, all this that go into it. Yeah, yeah, especially Wrexham. So, yeah, I, I'm happy to have seen it now after these other shows have come out. Yes, it is hard to watch this movie with the knowledge, and I'm assuming you don't know this, but uh, there was a female professional league at the time in America. That well, they, yeah, I mean, they had like the was, World Cup, right? And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. but I'm just, there was a few, yeah, yeah. like Chastain. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, there was an actual female professional league that went bankrupt three weeks <laughs> after this movie came out. And so the movie comes out because it's like, like about like talking scouting about America. That's gonna be this great thing. I know, I didn't know like, that. Yeah. No, oh and my god, it's so it went, great. I know, oh god, it went bankrupt three yeah. weeks after this, and they just American the Scouts, yeah. yeah, American Scouts are coming. And you're like, oh, buddy. Oh, honey. I know it is just three like weeks three weeks after this movie was oh released, my God. And, bankrupt. and there is no, I mean, there is, a, there is now uh, a female soccer league in America again, but not it. They made it, they oh make God. it seem like it yes. is this competitive so to the, thing, yes. the men's, you know, premier league and a la right or whatever. It's just, it, that's it's hilarious. Um, I really only have one other final thought, uh, which is, it's not even a trivia, but it, again, I had this with old school. Yeah. But it's interesting to me. So, uh, Parminder Nagra, who plays Jess, yep. she went out for the role, uh, but she was worried that she wouldn't get the role. Not mm. because she wasn't talented, but do you want to guess why she thought she wouldn't get it? No, I have no idea. It's not even a trivia, but it is interesting. She has a severe burn on her leg. It has. So, well, like in real life, correct? Yeah, really. So she actually had that, and she thought she would not get it. She had to wear shorts or whatever, and they wrote it into the role for her. Right. So they wanted her in it, and it was like so. They ended up writing that whole sub part, subplot of this movie 
of having the so it wasn't even makeup why that's she, literally oh. her leg so why she wouldn't want to show her legs it's a great not not like a cultural, cultural thing nice actually, yeah so i had no idea weird thing she wanted this role and she almost didn't go out for it because she had this self-conscious body thing and it's that's actually her leg that's actually her i know and i was like that's cool i know it, it kind of like Kind of makes you tear up a little bit. Yeah, no, that's like, cool. No, like to think it, about how they could add it in from her right, personal story. It, and they didn't write it for her, but it was literally sure. like she went out for it. They find out about it. I was like, no, this is actually a really interesting. It is subplot to this. So I was like, it's not a trivia in there, but I love that fact of that's just really like, good. yep, this is really well done. So a bit of a cap or a ooh quibble. Do you have a preface. Oh, quibble. Oh, quibble. Yeah. All right. So I I actually found the love story. Between her <laughs> and John Reese Meyer, yes, yeah, to be really underwhelming, totally. Like it's the John worst. Reese Meyer's is over underwhelming, but yes, anyway, yeah. But you could have He's like very brooding though. Sure, but you could brooding. have a character element to like that where it's like fucking ice chin. The connecting element, I, I just it didn't work for me. I just find the it challenge of this movie where it's like I get the whole dynamic of power and the coach and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It just wasn't well executed no and i don't know if it's more of a reflection of him or not but it just didn't work for me and the you know the the characters are challenging with jess and jules and him joe all the jays yeah Um, all of them like it just it it didn't quite work except for the one to that point i do appreciate the dance club sequence Mm -hmm. when there's no words being expressed yeah but you can see the dynamics at play where like Joe is interested in Jess. Yeah. But then Jules has a thing like, so I really appreciate that type of just a movie making aspect of it. But what actually worked for me was the ending with Joe, again, her former coach, who's now not that coach, but it'd be one thing for him to express his interest and have it feel like a movie making thing. But at the end of the movie, he's learning to play cricket Mm -hmm. with, with, Jess's father, father, yeah, which was a huge hindrance for him when he moved to England, yeah, and the limitations he would have upon playing that, yeah, and that is like the silver lining in many ways of yeah. like the romance doesn't work until at the end, ah, it actually works. Yeah, he's willing to sort like, of assimilate himself into that. Culture yes, like it's not that, just like yeah. when you come back from again the soon to be bankrupt American League. <laughs> to come yeah. uh, play it but yeah. it, it works for the story standpoint of like he's truly committed to like it, learning more about her culture and that kind of thing so it does work at the end but it's a weird thing to get to that point where the whole movie like it just doesn't work the romance to me it's just blah I didn't mind their I didn't mind the romance at, in theory I don't even think it's John Reese Myers I think it's the filmmaking or the like the actual recording yeah. like they always find a way to have him in this brooding position. Yes. Like, almost like he's Blue Steel from Zoolander. <laughs> he does. Like, shirt open, right. collar open. Yeah. The the frowny face bullshit. Yes. Like, it doesn't work. John Reese Myers is a fine actor, but fine. you're just like, what is happening here? Yes. So, I don't even think it was necessarily. So, as much as I like the film, it's like not not a great writing to the point where you almost wish it wasn't, it wasn't in yes, there. I agree. Like, because the point of the entire story is the the two like both women yes. and their friendship and their relationships with their family. So yes. it felt very forced to throw 
a, a male story. sort yes. of like love story in there because it, it didn't feel right. Yes. So it does feel forced. It's kind of lazy. Right. Whereas the rest of it, what hits most is actually what hits well yes. is, is that stuff. So yep. um, the only thing I'll add is I, I love that the, the, the wedding sequence is all like they put out like basically it's not even a casting call. They literally just put out to like friends and family <laughs> that it was literally a wedding. Like, it wasn't even like that we're, like, we're just, they literally said, like, we're filming a wedding, not for a film. Like, they did tell people, but it was, so people just showed up to, like, really help them with this, like, wedding scene in a movie to yeah. make it authentic. That's and so great. all these people are just extras who are just in that area, and they had to turn people away. <laughs> and so many people show up for the wedding scenes that they were like, we don't, we can't have this. So I love that part. That's great. Yeah. With our reactions out of the way, that leads us into our next segment that we will call The Verdict. I'm going up there. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let the jury decide. Uh, this is pretty much exactly how it sounds. Each of us takes a minute to put a cap on our reviews, give a rating, and whether or not the film holds up two decades later. Tim, why don't you go ahead with your verdict? So you know what you're getting from the opening sequence. You walk in and go, yep, I know what I'm signed up for. Better Like Beckham is still a fun and moving story centered around a young woman coming to terms with meeting family obligations or following her athletic obsession. While I found the love story a bit lacking, mm -hmm. uh, the friendship story arc with Juliet, Jules, is Jules. compelling enough to add to the cultural challenges that Jess experiences with her family against a backdrop of working class London. It's a f delightful movie and easy to enjoy, even knowing how it all will end. Three and a half out of four. Uh, sorry, three and a half out of five for me. Five. We're going yes. on five, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Three and a half out of five. Cool. Yep. Cool. I agree. So moving on. <laughs> Ditto. No. That's good. I will say, no, just my verdict is uh, very similar of just saying, like, again, we end up in a position of saying, so often when you look back on films, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you feel this forced, like, we have to make this mean something. Yeah. We have to look into this and, oh, and, and so yes. if I recommend this to somebody, be like, well, it's been 20 years, <sighs> so now it means this, or yeah. 40 years, it means this, whatever it is. This is a perfect example of a movie to me that says, this encapsulates the time of that sort of early 2000s. Yep. And... Even then, you talk about your progressive part. Like even beyond that, it it, it kind of goes into things that w it couldn't go too much into it. Yeah, but it, it hits on these notes really well done. But it does miss, and it doesn't go yeah. where it could have, and it yeah. doesn't go where it maybe should have. And that's where I agree. It's three and a half out of five for me. It still holds up in terms of a film. Yeah, and it's an absolute delight. Like people in my life love this movie. It's one of their favorite movies. Yeah, so. I would never begrudge him of it. No. Um, but just know what you're getting into, right? I mean, yeah. so it, it is that, I agree. I, I like, I don't want to go too like deep into it, but you just go, yeah, this is, I, you know, it's on Disney plus go seek it out, watch right? it, enjoy an hour and yes. a half of your night. It's just great. Yep. So we come now to our final segment of the happy hour, which is quiz show. The exciting quiz program 21, where we search for, trivia surrounding our subject film and try to stump the other uh you said you had two not two i also have two and i think i went first last time so go right ahead so parminder nagra yep had her film breakout role as jess in this film did she 
Okay. And while she would go on to star in many television series, mm-hmm. most prominently ER, yep. she has really only starred in one other film. And hmm. what 2004 fairy tale movie did she star alongside Anne Hathaway? The Princess Diaries? No. No? Fairy tale film? <laughs> yes. What am I thinking? Ella Enchanted. Yeah, there you I was go. Like, Wait a second here. Nope. Yeah, I'm like, nope. you'll get yeah. there. Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted was her best friend. Yep. I've exactly. never seen it. So Me either. <laughs> I got there, though. Got, yeah, you got there. Yeah. I got nice. there. Nice. Good work. Well, you kind of ruined my next one. So I, I mean, uh, I'll start with it. But yeah, uh, I find this interesting is uh, so Anupam Kerr plays Jess's father in this film. Yep. Uh, and would actually go on to play Parmender Nagra, Jess's father, again in 2004 <laughs> in what long running medical <laughs> TV drama? ER. Yes. Yes. I love that he actually played her father yet again. Again. A few years later. That's funny. But yeah. And yeah. There you go. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers okay. is one of those that guy actors mm-hmm. where you've seen him in stuff but can't quite pin it down. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, in addition to small roles in this film, Mission Impossible 3 and From love Paris it. with Love, yep. he's done lots of small roles in unknown films over the years. Yet in what 1998 film did he make his debut alongside Ewan McGregor, Tony Collette, and Christian Bale? Wow. Why am I missing this one? I stopped him out. I think I stopped him. Hugh McGregor, Tony Collette, Christian Bale. About some rock stars. Yeah. You blew it! You're oh, going to kick yourself. I am going to kick myself. <sighs> uh, What is it? Velvet Goldmine. Yeah! I forgot about that one. Yep. Deep cut. In my brain, every time I hear Ian McGregor in the 90s, I think of train spotting. Yep. So it's like, nope, get out of my, not those. Yeah. Yep. Velvet Goldmine. That's a good movie, actually. Nice. Should have, yeah. Yep. This is what happens when you force feed me booze. <laughs> exactly. Lots of high ABV beer. Yep. Okay. All right. You're going to love this one because it's can't wait. So Frank Harper plays Jules's father. We're going with father trivia on my Whoa. Okay. Who supports her as a soccer, whatever, whatever, whatever. So Frank (laughs) Harper plays Jules's father in this movie. And while he's not necessarily known for a lot of other roles or really any, he does have a very key supporting role as the character who gets robbed by some pretty inept robbers in what? 1998 Guy Ritchie classic film. Um, and I gave that to you right there. Uh, right there. Uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. So yes. He's the guy who gets his weed stolen from him. <laughs> that's him? So, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> if you see him, you're going to be like, yep, there it that's is. That's him. Yeah. He's got a specific name in it, but anyway, yeah. That's really good. Anything nice. I can, anything I can do oh, to bring up lock, stock, and yes. what that did when we were, when I was in high school, I was like, oh, oh game changer. Ah. Game changer. That one. Oh, man. That's, yeah. That's an example of there are many like, or not many, but there. I always like, what filmmaker or even artist of any kind, even like musician, like one hit wonder or like yes. what who, who had their best first, yes, right? right away. It might be like there might be whatever artists. There's musical artists who have their best song yes. first, and they have a great career, but yeah. their best song is first. Yes, M- M- Guy Ritchie to me, absolutely. I don't care what he does. He's yes. done good movies since then. I yes, love him. He's but fine. Lockstock is yeah. God. Anything I can do to bring up that movie. Good cut. Nice. 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our happy hour episode on Bend It Like Beckham. If you haven't already, please go back and listen to our previous episodes, uh, all featured on your favorite streaming platforms. And stay tuned for our next episodes on The Last Samurai, where we will watch that together, and our happy hour on A Mighty Wind. It'll be very interesting. Because <laughs> apparently Tim has not seen that movie. Never. So excited. Uh, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and for, cl- for clicking that like and subscribe button on your devices. <laughs> Man, I need to go to bed. Beer. Find us on Twitter at years underscore peers <laughs> or on Facebook or head to 20years4beers.com. This has been 20 Years 4 Beers. My name is Steve. I'm Tim. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Don't look at me. Chaiwala, why don't you go to your Chai Papa? Nelson Subo. Rowana. Or Tweka. Yes, the dads are the coolest aspect. Cut! 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 Whoa, okay.